Thank you. Thank you. Hey, welcome. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, great to be in uh, Whangarei. My wife's preaching in, uh, in uh, West. Uh, Julian, our city church pastor, is preaching in the city. And your own Pam Ryan is speaking up in Kaitaia. So uh, there's speakers all over the place today. And so we just will wait to hear how each one gets on. But usually there's a good report. Hey, just before I get into the word this morning... Um, I want to say just thank you for all of you being a part of this church and what you do in this place, your, uh, your, your, your attendance, your, your giving, your serving, your volunteering, your leadership, whatever it is. Uh, we just really appreciate it. It takes so many people to make a church happen. So thank you. Tell the person next to you, you do an awesome job. All right. Uh, some of you will know that uh, last year at New Zealand and beyond, uh, the conference, uh, it doubled in size in one year after 10 years. We're running about 700, 750 every year, and suddenly at bingo, one year, it just doubled in size and uh, went to 1,500. And in fact, uh, I've, seen, uh, I've seen Church Unlimited over the years in one day double in size. So, hey, why not here? Whangarei, double in size in one Sunday. I don't know where you're going to sit, but we'll work something out. That'd be pretty cool, eh? Yeah, that, I've seen it happen numbers of times, so there's faith in my heart to, to see that kind of happen there. In fact, I've told all my church departments, uh, I said, uh, be prepared that by this time next year, you'll be twice the size. Get ready for it, okay? But anyway, because of the New Zealand bond dub, doubled in size, we've had to shift out of our auditorium to the Trust Arena which seats 5,600 people, and uh, we're going to fill it next year because all of you are going to come. <laughs> Thank you for that overwhelming response. <clears throat> but uh, just to inspire you to come, I'm going to show you a DVD, which, and at the end you're going to see what the auditorium next year is going to look like. So let's play that clip for other guys. Thanks. This was last year's conference. This is my first conference. I, I, I was absolutely blown away by number one, the hospitality, and number two, the quality of the conference. This is my second year at New Zealand Beyond Conference, and uh, again, another year where I've uh, felt my socks have been blessed off. And uh, I want to just encourage you that this is a conference that is transformative. You may need to treat them like Jesus treated sinners, which is unconditional love and grace. You may need to put reconciliation on hold for a season until there is such a grace and such a love that they come to a place when they're ready for reconciliation. I'm going to give you Bible. And we're going to listen. And tonight we're going to go deep. There will be times we will go into the original Greek. Indeed, many people say, I am the original Greek. <laughs> there it is, next year. Come on. It's going to be full, packed out. 5,600 people. All right. Awesome. It is fantastic. You know, you might wonder why so much about New Zealand Beyond. Why do we focus on it? Why do we endlessly talk about it? Well, the reason is it's uh, 
The call and the mandate on Church Unlimited is to reach this nation, help reach this nation and the nations of the world because a great mission call on New Zealand. And so New Zealand and beyond actually picks up the mandate of Church Unlimited, also the mandate actually of our nation of New Zealand, which is to reach New Zealand and to reach the nation. So as a church, we're not just after building a bigger and bigger church. We do want to do that, but we're after more than that. We want to see the kingdom expand. We want to see this nation reach. We want to see nations impacted with the gospel. So we believe in God to do something fantastic next year. So please do come and join us and be a part of it and help us fulfill the call that is on Church Unlimited. Hey, there, can I just share with you a prophetic word that uh, one of our intercessors had for Church Unlimited, Whangarei, which... Uh, and I don't know a lot of the history, but when I read this, I thought, boy, this really makes sense. Ezekiel 36 and verse 11. It's going to come up on the screen for you. I will multiply upon you man and beast. They shall increase and bear young. I will make you inhabited as in former times and do better for you than at your beginnings. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So God's going to inhabit this place and going to do beyond what he's done historically in this place, way, way beyond anything you've seen in the past. I told the leaders last night, you know, your best days are not behind you, but they are ahead of you. This church is going to see a, a great outbreak of God's Spirit, and you will impact Northland and beyond with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of you reckon Northland needs a good shake in the Holy Ghost? Need a good shake in the Spirit? Well, that's what Church Unlimited is about. Father, as we come to your word this morning, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would not only um, minister to each one, but Lord, every person here would hear your voice. <laughs> Lord, clearly and distinctly, Father, just know what you're saying to them at this stage in their lives. And that, Father, if, if not already happened, that, Lord, each person will have an encounter with you. Lord, a moment with you that changes their life forever. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? <clears throat> One of the things that sets Christianity apart from all other religions is that it's more than a book and a set of rules to follow. Um, it's, it's the, the key is that it's all Christianity actually involves a personal relationship with a person, and that person is God Himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. No other religion in the world offers that. This is unique to Christianity. It's not a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And in that relationship, you actually get to know God more and more. You learn to hear His voice better, and uh, you grow in your relationship with Him. And uh, you enjoy His presence. Now, if the relationship aspect of Christianity is missing, if that knowing of a person of Jesus is missing, Christianity becomes dead, it becomes lifeless, it is boring, it is powerless, and the churches like that become the same. And I'm telling you now, young people are not interested in a religion. They want to know a person. They want a relationship with God Himself. The world is not interested in religion. We know that, don't we? The, the world wants to know the reality of a relationship with God. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3, and we'll see how the whole thing started at the very, very beginning, what God's intention was for you and for me. So uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. And uh, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
And Adam and Eve, well, they had sinned, so they hid themselves. So here we see God himself walking with Adam and Eve. Fellowship, relationship together there in the garden. I imagine that happened on a daily basis. They talked about things. They discussed things. Adam and Eve, no doubt, asked some questions. It was a relationship with God, a person. And friends, that's what it was like. That's the blueprint of what it is meant to be like for you every day in your walk with God. It's a relationship with a person. He speaks to you. You hear his voice. And then we know Adam and Eve went and hid because of of their sin and all that kind of stuff. So when you have that kind of a relationship with God, what happens, and this is what I have found, is that it makes Christianity the most exciting, the most fulfilling, the most satisfying, the most adrenaline rushing, if you like, uh, walk on the planet. Nothing the world can offer, offers can match or compare with true Christianity. It is the most exciting walk on the planet. I love Jesus and I trust you do too. It is fun to walk with God when it is real, when it's relationship-based, not when it's religion, not when it's a set of rules I, I have to do. I have to go to church. I have to pray. I have to read my Bible. I have to serve. Friends, that will kill you. It will wear you out. It doesn't work that way. No, it's I want to go to church. I want to serve God. I want to read my Bible. I want to pray. Why? Because it's a relationship, a love relationship with a person. And it makes Christianity really exciting. That's what I find in my life. It's a very exciting walk with God. And so recently at Church Unlimited, we've been experiencing some fantastic things. A man walked into the reception about a month ago. And he said, oh, a person in the church said, I'd like to make a donation to Church Unlimited, handed over a check for $100,000. Who reckons that's quite exciting? <laughs> hey? How many of you would like that to someone to stand, come to your place, knock on your door, and say, look, I'd just like to give you a check for $10,000. That's, that's an exciting Christianity. When with this trust arena, it's a massive place. And it's going to cost us a fortune to get in there, but we'll, we'll manage to do it. But uh, recently, about a month ago, we had to pay the deposit just to hold the booking. Do you know what that cost? $17,400 just to hold the booking. And to get the whole thing set up as we want is going to cost six, seven times more than that. And uh, anyway, so we paid it. The same week, someone gives us a one-off donation designated to New Zealand and beyond for $17,500. One hundred dollars more than what we have paid. This is an exciting God we serve. He is an amazing God. And then uh, not long ago, this is your church. What's happening in your church across the country? All right. So you can imagine you just got that hundred thousand dollars because it doesn't really matter where it comes in. It's all church unlimited. And then uh, someone rang us uh, about a month ago, two months ago. This gentleman and says, uh, "Been watching your program, Running with Fire." He said, "I'd like to give you some land." And I said, "Excuse me, what do you mean you'd like to give me some land?" He said. Um, he said, I'd like to give you a hectare of land. I thought, wow, that's all right. And, and I said, well, where is this land? Now, I can't tell you where it is. It is prime land in our nation worth millions of dollars. And so he just said, hey, I want to give it to you. The only condition is we've got to put a church on it, which will cost half a million dollars. But Pastor Don has offered to sponsor it from, from Church Unlimited Whangarei. So, hey, we're all happy. Hey, hey, hey. We, we, we're singing, don't we? Nothing is impossible. So that, that's asking the impossible from Don. But anyway, I know he'll go, he's, he's not going to let us down because he'll know he wants to keep his job. 
Friends, I give you those examples because that's what Christianity is meant to be like. Not the same examples, but exciting things happen. You know, God just, just stunning you and amazing you and blessing you and encouraging you and just doing awesome things. In your, how many of you have found God does some amazing things in your life? Yeah, yeah. yeah good that most of your hands went up there. And I, so that's the sort of God that we serve. So just going back to this whole thought, you know, right through the Bible, what I want to talk about today is you see men and women having encounters with God, which we focused a bit on in the Wasn't that a great time of singing and worship? Man, I've already had my moment with God, and I hope that you have as well, but it was, it was just great. But they had these encounters that made God real, personal, and powerful. And see, encounters with God and moments with God are so powerful because they actually create a momentum in your life. They release your destiny and help you to achieve a whole lot more in your life because what happens is you're getting more of God into your heart, and uh, it, you know you get more of the Holy Spirit when you have a moment, you have an encounter, you get more of Him, and so it, it propels you into the things that God has for you. And um, you know, I think it's what, what I want to just make clear though before I go any further is that by encounters, I don't mean it has to be something dramatic like fire from heaven falling. I mean, great if that happens for you, or or you know, an angel appearing to you. Mind you, my wife sees an angel every morning. <laughs> She has an encounter every day. <laughs> yeah, she does. That's right. <clears throat> some, enc- some encounters better than others. But anyway, it, it doesn't have to be that. You know, it doesn't mean you get slain and, you know, on the floor and roll around. I've never done that roll anyway, but a lot of people do that roll. And uh, it doesn't have to be that. An encounter can be far more simple. It can be just God's presence touching you in a service, but you know you've been touched by God. It can be hearing His voice. The Holy Spirit speaking to you. Maybe reading a scripture and something just, oh, wow, isn't that an amazing verse? Or maybe it's just you're praying and you just get this, suddenly your prayers just ramp up and you feel a direction of prayer. That's an encounter. That's, an, that's a moment. That's a, that's a time with God. It may just be a, a passion that God puts in your heart for, for something in your life. Well, that, that's again the Holy Spirit doing a work in your heart and work in your life. And I think what the devil wants to do is he wants to make us feel that we're not candidates for encounters by making it appear like it has to be dramatic. So, you know, an angel hasn't appeared to you. You've never felt the fire. You've never rolled on the floor. And you're there. well, I just don't have encounters. Yes, you do. And don't let the devil rob you of the moments that you are already having and you are already experiencing in your life. I remember Brian Bailey, the great prophet of God in New Zealand. He was preaching one Sunday in our church uh, years ago. And uh, he was preaching away, and in the midst of the, his preaching, he said, he said, Church Unlimited is not just another church. He said, this church will hit the mark for God and fulfill its destiny. When he said that, there was just this explosion in my spirit, and it's like heaven spoke to me. It's one of the most precious words that I hold on to in my life, because Christianity is all about hitting the mark, isn't it? Fulfilling destiny. It's, that's what a church is all about. And that's God's plan for the church. And years later, that moment with God, as I was just preaching, the Spirit of God came, just touched me. I didn't fall down. It wasn't an angel coming and touching me or anything like that. It was just a moment with God that changed my life. 
And so and as I'm speaking today, God confirms His Word. The Bible says with signs following, as I preach on moments, as I preach on encounters, I'm believing that all of you are going to have a moment with God before this service is over. Every one of you is going to have some kind of... I mean, anyone ready for that? Anyone keen on that? Hey, re, be hungry for it. Believe for it. Don't say, oh, yeah, okay, I'll wait and see. You'll wait and see nothing. If you say, okay, I'm, 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 I'm in for this, God can actually do something because you prepare your heart for it. See, I had a significant encounter with God reading a book. The autobiography, the life story of Hudson Taylor, the great missionary of China Inland Mission. How many of you have had, had a moment with God reading a book? Give me a wave. Yeah. See, isn't that amazing? You start to realize, yeah, I've had moments. Well, this is probably one of the greatest moments that I've ever had in my life because it created a momentum in me that released me into my destiny, that led me to the nations, a, a call to the nations, and led to New Zealand and beyond. And I still have that, that uh, encounter, that momentum within me 30 or plus years uh, since, uh, since, uh, since I had that moment with God. And uh, it all started with an encounter, a moment that created a movement. And now through New Zealand and beyond and running with fire and everything else we do is touching the nations of the world. And in Church Unlimited, we're seeing more and more people have encounters with God. I was up in Fiji just recently. I took one of our staff with us. And after the conference finished, she was on her bed on the, the morning after the conference. And the Spirit of God just came on her. And she had a powerful, uh, impacting, life-changing touch from God about God's authority in her life. And so expect to, to have these moments. Expect to have these encounters with God in your own life. Moses encountered God, did he not, at the burning bush? Released his destiny? Led to momentum that set a nation free. Can you see the power of an encounter? Now, you may not be functioning at that level, but hey, you can change your world that you live in. You can change your workplace. You can change your family. You can change your school, your community, whatever it is. And often it begins with encounters. So Peter had an encounter with God on the rooftop, and he took the gospel to the Gentiles. Joseph encountered God in two dreams and became a phenomenal marketplace leader. That actually impacted a nation as well. So these encounters are for every, every one of us, every range in our lives. And some encounters do create a momentum that becomes a movement that influences nations. And uh, I believe that's the kind of encounter I personally have had in my own life. But encounters or moments with God is probably a better word because I think we can handle that easier. Moments with God should be the norm for every Christian. It should not be the exception. You shouldn't say, oh, I had a, you know, seven years ago, I had this moment with God. No, no, you need to say, yesterday I had a moment with God. Last week I had a moment with God. The other day I had a moment with God on a regular basis. I have moments with God on a regular basis. So I, I, sometimes I'm in a prayer meeting, and in one prayer meeting I have three moments with God. Well, I just know God has spoken to me. I know God has touched me. I've felt His presence. I've enjoyed it. And that makes prayer meetings exciting. You know, if a prayer meeting is only praying for, you know, and timing it till the hour is over and it's dull and boring and you don't feel anything, you ain't going to keep coming. But when you're in prayer meetings, when you're in church and you have moments, it's going to change everything. And, I, you know, it makes my walk with God very exciting. I met a man in India by the name of Augustine Jibukamar. And he worked in South, in South India and God called him to the north. Now, north was a missionary's graveyard. And so he didn't want to go. And he said, God, no, I won't go. He's out in the fields. He has this vision. 
And in this vision, God calls him again. He still says, no, I won't go. The vision changes to the face of Jesus. Now listen to this. And he feels the physical teardrops of Jesus fall upon his head, weeping over the north, and he still says no. Then finally God spoke to him and said, if you don't go, I have no one. He went to North India. He has now planted 1,200 churches, training 20,000 workers, and it all began with a moment with God, when God touched his life, released his destiny, and saw him fulfill the plan of God that he had for his life. Friends, please don't limit what God can do through you. Enlarge your vision, you know, because one moment with God can propel you into the much more that God has for you. And I pray that moment will come this morning, because when you have had a moment with God, everything changes. You move from religion to reality. You move from religion to the fire of God. You move from religion to a passion to, to do something with Jesus. And often it comes from a moment where God apprehends your life, that you're born for much more than you are doing today in your life. You know, God's heart is for mission and uh, to reach a lost world. The more you connect with the heart of God, the more you're positioned for encounters. I believe, you know, many of the people who had encounters in the Bible had a passion for mission. People like, like Peter and Paul and Jesus, and then you go to Hudson Taylor and William Booth and many, many others. And most of my significant encounters have been involved with my mission heart. And when I'm on mission, I've often met with God up in India and other parts of the world, up in, in Jordan. I have these moments. Why? Because I'm capturing the heart of God for a lost world. And when you get into that zone, God will do something for you. You're in Church Unlimited. We're not only all full-time ministers, that's what you are, but we're also all global ministers. Every one of you is a global minister called to change the world and to impact nations. And I know you're looking at me and thinking, Pastor, you, you had too much uh, uh, cheese and um, toast last night and you're starting to say crazy things. Now, I'm not saying crazy things. You are a global minister. Do you know why? And you are changing the world. Every time you pray for a nation... New Zealand included. How many reckon that something happens? Give me a Yeah, something happens, is that right? Every time you give to mission, do you think that helps change a nation? A missionary on that nation? It does, doesn't it? Every time you go on mission, wherever you go, locally, it, it doesn't that affect that nation? So through praying, growing, going, and giving, you are helping to change this planet. You are a global minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tell the person next to you, you're a global minister. Nice and loud, yeah. So next time you're traveling overseas, all right, and it's got occupation on that form you fill in when you go to the airport, when you put occupation, please write global minister. And someone's going to ask you, what does that mean? There you go. There's your daughter, witness for Jesus Christ. God is looking for people who want to change the world. Person by person, street by street, house by house, office by office, school by school, city by city, nation by nation. We are global ministers. If you're a part of Church Unlimited, you are a global minister of the gospel called by God to change the world. No, you're not just a mum at home. No, you're not just a school teacher or a nurse or an electrician or whatever you might be. You are a global minister with a massive calling from heaven upon your life, and you are filled with the Holy Ghost. You have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You have the same anointing or the same spirit in you as the Apostle Paul, as the Apostle Peter. 
You have the same power of God, the same Jesus. Because it's not you that changes the world. It's the Spirit of God in you. Just let Him loose. Just let Him do what He wants to do. We need, how many of you agree, Fongarain needs a radical transformation? Who's going to do it? Tell the person next to you, you're going to do that. <laughs> Stir them up. Have we got any gin and tonic in the house or any water or something? I need a bit of fire to keep me going. I've slowed down a little bit here. Sorry I get a bit excited. I, I, try, I try not to. I try so hard to stay calm, but it's just, it's just real hard. Pray for me. This is a church full of world changers. Think about that. Every one of you. Receive that anointing upon you. If you think that's not me, just pray for a nation. It's going to help change that nation. I went up to the Philippines years ago when I was a missionary there. I preached a message on prayer. I thought it went out okay. Decades later, I go back to the Philippines. There was a lady in my meeting. She had a moment with God about prayer. She became the leader of intercessors for Christ in the Philippines that is now releasing a move of the Spirit across that nation. It started in a meeting like this and a moment with God and probably with a message just as pathetic as the one I'm preaching today. But God still touched her, changed her, <laughs> and transformed her. Everyone was meant to say, oh, no, no, it's not that bad. Yeah. You're a cheeky lot up here, man. I'm not going to try those jokes again uh, ending up here. I'll try those somewhere else where they say, oh, no, Pastor, you're awesome. Oh, everyone cheers. <clears throat> I saw a whole lot of people lean over and say, yeah, it is pretty bad, isn't it? C.S. <laughs> Lewis had an encounter. He wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. He's growing up, he got hurt, no longer believed in God, became an atheist. 1931, listen to this, riding on a sidecar of a motorcycle on a journey to the zoo. During that journey, he just came to a realization he needed Christ. He says, when I set out, I did not believe in Jesus. I did not believe Jesus was the Son of God, but when I reached the zoo, I did. <laughs> he had a spiritual conversion. That was his moment. And one of the greatest writers... It has blessed millions of people across the globe. And it started with one simple moment with God. That's how powerful moments with God are. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it's going to come up on your screen. And you should, this, is the, this is what launched the early church, was basically an encounter. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, ends of the earth. And then chapter 2 and verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were resting, where they were sitting. So the early church was born out of encounter. It was born out of a moment with God that changed their people's lives forever. You know, another encounter that I had in my own life was when I was first saved, first two years of my salvation. I just, there's two words that just keep stirring in my heart. Whenever I heard the word nations, and whenever I heard the word souls or harvest, it was harvest then, that was the word then. It just something would just stir within me. And um, it was so strong. I didn't realize back then that they, these were moments with God. I didn't realize it. 
I went home as a new Christian, 18 months, brought a map of the world, and across the top of this, this is 40 years ago, or 30 odd years ago, across the top of that map of the world, I wrote the word to the world. Do you know, today, I'm still fulfilling that vision, that moment that God gave me over 30 years ago. It wasn't dramatic, it wasn't overwhelming, but it was a touch from heaven that released me into my destiny, created a momentum that I believe is impacting the world. Why do you attend church? Some of you are thinking, yeah, why do I attend church? That's a good question. Thanks for asking, Pa. You know, many people never think about church. I drive to our city church every Sunday because I preach 9, 10, and 11 going to the city. And there's always these golfers out on the golf course, which really makes me mad. You know, I think, well, you know, I think you guys, you should be in church. And I usually pray that their ball will go into the water and go over the fence. And I say, God, convict them and judge them and give them a terrible day. They should be in church. But they don't even think about church. And that's, you know, common for a whole lot of people. And, you know, and on the other side of the coin, there's people like you, some Christians who are really busy. You know, five, six days are really busy. And on the day, you could do other things. You could relax. You actually, you actually get up and you come to church. So my question is, why? On the day off, chance to have a break, time with your family. Why get up, get dressed, put on your makeup? How many of you put your makeup on this morning? Yeah, some of you should have. I'll drink to that. Have an argument with the kids, husband or wife, unless you're married to an angel. <coughs> Drive to church, fight your way into the service, and all this on your day off. Let's get real. Why would you do that? You know, people don't know why they do that. They're not going to do it for long. You can't do it for long. And then what happens is us as pastors and leaders... We have to entertain people to keep them coming. And so we get new sound systems. We get flashing lights. We get screens. You know, uh, you know we, we provide food, often free of charge. You know, we have special events. Why? We've got to keep the people coming because they don't know why they're coming. We've got to give them a reason to come. We beg you to come. Please come. A major reason you come to church is to have a moment with God. To have an encounter with the Lord. You come to worship Him. You come to hear His word. You come to be equipped to defeat the devil. If you want to see the walls of Jericho come down in your life, you need to get into God's presence. You need to hear His voice. You need a moment with God. You need to be equipped in the word of God. And you need to expect this. We need to expect this every time we come to church to have a moment with God. To have an experience with the living God. Friends, this is not a religion. This is a relationship with the living God who's powerful, who's awesome, who's mighty, who wants to touch your life, who wants to bless your life, who wants to change your life. Every service, you come for your moment. You come for your encounter. It equips us to handle the trials that we're going to face in life, and you're going to face some. 
But you need to be strong before the trial comes. Is that right? It's too late to get ready when the trial has hit you. And then you think, man, I better get to church. I better have some encounter. I better hear the word. I better be strengthened because I'm in this trial. Friends, it's too late. Still do that better than not doing that at all. But you need to be equipped and ready for when the moment comes. So when you come to church, don't have an encounter with the ushers. Don't come to have an encounter with the ushers. That may happen, by the way. Or with the deacons, or even with the preacher or the song leader. Tell yourself, I'm here to have a moment with God. Say, God, speak to my heart. Speak through the music. Speak through the word. Say to yourself, I had to be here. It didn't matter. Just like I had to go to the petrol station to fill up the car to keep it going, I had to be in church to get recharged and get filled up afresh with the Holy Spirit to handle the challenge that I face in my life. I had to be here. My flesh didn't want to come, but my spirit needed to be here. Counters with God. When you're passionate for God, you create an atmosphere where God can come and work. You position yourself for an encounter. Psalm 22, verse 3, God inhabits the praises of Israel. You can change the atmosphere of your office, your church, your home, your school, your world with a hunger and a passion for God when you've had moments with Him. When you walk into your home, when you walk into work tomorrow, guess what? God just walked in. When you cross the threshold into your school tomorrow, God just stepped into your school. When I get on a plane, I look around and I think, you lucky people. God just stepped on to your plane. Is that not true? He lives in me. And I said, hey, we're going to get our destination. We'll get there unless it's my time to go. I'm going up. Most of you going down. God is with you. He's in you. You can change atmospheres. When you come to church hungry for God, you change the atmosphere in the church. You change the atmosphere in your row. Be the worship leader of your row. I've trained my support team to say amen at that point. If your row is not getting into it, get into it even more. Some people, no one here, when watching the All Blacks, actually get quite excited. Some of them actually jump up. Some of them even shout at the screen. And the wife has to say, shut up, please. Tone it down. And they're up, yeah. When, when, when the All Blacks score a try, they get so passionate, so excited. Can I tell you, friends, that Jesus scored more than a try. He went to the grave. He was resurrected on the third day. He is the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If we get, we should get more excited about Jesus than a game of the All Blacks playing whoever they played tonight, last night, Wales. Some of those men, they get so excited. Some of those women, they come to church the next day, they're dead silent. The wife looks and thinks, what's happened last night? You're shouting. And then they give the biggest cop out of all. Well, I'm not the expressive emotional type. But the night before watching TV, they were expressive. They were emotional. They were getting into it. So the Bible says, clap your hands. It says dance. It says all this sort of stuff. You know, so, so why did God give you two hands? How great is our God. 
Sing with me. Why did you give you two hands? Put them in your pocket. Come on. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. How great is our God? Why did he give you feet? Why did he give you feet? To move. You know, to shake, rock and roll, whatever, dance, do something. I mean, you know, you may not get to do that, but don't be a statue in the house of God. Statues are usually dead. What did he give you a mouth? To sing, to worship, to exalt the Lord, to magnify his name. If you've been saved, blessed by God, he's done great things in your life, would you not want to worship the king? Would you not want to lift him up? Would you not want to clap? You know, when the All Blacks score a try, the whole crowd stands and claps. They cheer and shout. We do the same. We can do more of that too. So don't attend church and think. <laughs> uh, let's see what the musicians have got today. What how good the preacher's going to be. We'll rate this message out of 10. I wonder where it's going to stack up. Friends, don't come with that, please. Because you're going to miss out. Come with a hunger. Come to touch God and to have your moment. Even as you come and say, I don't care about the music today. I don't care if it's loud. I don't care if it's soft. I don't care if it's hopeless. I don't care about the preacher. God, speak to my heart. God, let me experience your presence. God, let me have my moment with you today. That is the reason I came See, friends, we need to ask ourselves, and I need to ask myself, why am I coming? You know, is it for the music? Is it for the preacher? Or is it for a moment with God? You'll get what you come for. Thank you for that half clap. It's better than no clap at all. Now, you guys are great. You're awesome, actually. You're very, very... You're incredibly responsive, actually. It's fantastic. Because I was told when, you know, when Don's preaching, everyone's sort of... <sighs> Look, I just go with what I'm told, all right? You know, I mean... And so I just expected half the church to be asleep by now, and everyone's kind of awake and clapping. I think, boy, something's changed. <clears throat> if you want to do something significant for God, the musicians can join me. Get into his presence. Get hungry for God. Don't leave services without your moment. You see, you can attend church with a low expectation, doing your duty. Or you can come with a great expectation. Today, I'm going to have a moment with God. It may not happen every service. You may go to a serv three services and miss out. But if you start tapping into this realm, this is a prophetic word for Church Unlimited. So this is not a throwaway line. It's a time for encounters. It's time for moments because God's going to raise up in Church Unlimited people who are going to do more for God 
and have greater impact than they've ever had before. You see, we're after Northland. We're after Whangarei. We're after New Zealand. We're after the nations of the world. I can't do that. Don and Penny can't do that. Stephen and Prue can't do that. But together, all of us, we can do it. And so people, God, people are going to start now to encounter God, have moments. They're going to release a destiny in their lives, create a momentum that helps this movement to change this nation and to change the nations of the world. Every Sunday when you come, believe for that moment. We're going to pray and reach out to God for in a few moments right now. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. They shall be filled. Come hungry. Hungry people attack, attract the attention of God. Our lives should be a series of, mo- of moments with God that propel us into all God has for us. And we need them on a repeating basis. One moment years ago won't do the job. You need them regularly to keep focused, to keep centered in on what God has for your life. It's time for you to have a fresh encounter with God that makes it more real. And here's the good news. You have been uniquely designed and created by God for moments with Him. He's designed you this way. You don't have to think, man, I wish I need to be different. I need to be this, this. I wish I could be like him or her or whatever to have my mom. No, no. When God created you exactly as you are now, you are uniquely designed, perfectly made to have moments with him. You don't have to strive for this. You don't have to stress out for this. And if you don't have a moment today, it doesn't matter. But you're going to have your moments. Just relax. Chill out. Reach out to God for sure. And then let God be God in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together, please. We're going to go back to that song that the musicians led us in before. Just the chorus bit about the presence coming. It's not that part, not that part. Spirit of God, that's it, that's it. This is your chance for your moment, your touch from heaven. Enjoy. Enjoy.